Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Possibly Haunted Podcast. And this week I'm back with Heather, Morgan, Kat. And this week we will be discussing true crime and murder. 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 Woo. <laughs> um, at the beginning of this podcast, we will say a little disclaimer that um, some of the things we're going to be talking about can be a little, um, how'd y'all say it? Graphic, Depressing. gruesome. All of the above. Unseemly, disturbing, gut wrenching. It's murder. It is, it is murder. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're just going to throw that out there. Disclaimer if um, you have a weak stomach or get easily upset by some of these things, you maybe want to. Or if you can't afford more therapy. Also, yeah. if, if at all you feel like we're being disrespectful, <coughs> we will not make fun of the people who died. Mm-hmm. Because that's sad. We're not making fun of the people who died. We're not ma- at all. Sometimes we'll make fun of the murderers, because they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, who wants to start us off, ladies? Are we going to do the icebreaker? Oh, Yes, duh. Okay, You're so pumped about the icebreaker. I, I know, I was so excited. I just <laughs> I care murder. a lot more about this icebreaker than our content on this episode. <laughs> but murder. Okay, um, so our icebreaker is going to be which Harry Potter character is either your favorite or that you relate to, whichever you prefer. And our house. And our, and your house, duh, because Harry Potter. Well, I think, what house are you? Because I know what they are. Carson. Guess what, what house I am. Are you a Slytherin? Am nope. I surrounded? Are you Gryffindor? Gryffindor? Yeah. Ha! Okay. Oh, Gryffindor's everywhere. <laughs> so we've got two Gryffindors and two Slytherins in the room. Oddly enough. So Cat, you're a Gryffindor? Yeah, I'm a Gryffindor. Duh. <laughs> yeah, that's not even a question. Like at all. <laughs> like, one of the ways... Okay, so we might as well say what house we are. Catherine's a Gryffindor. Me. Morgan's a Slytherin. Carson's a Gryffindor. Which, I guess, makes me a Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I'll start it off since I'm blabbing. Um, <coughs> one of the the traits that was explained to me from a Griff as a Gryffindor is that um, you don't really think through consequences before you go out and do something because you're like, eh, it'll work out. So like, as a story, um, one of our friends does fermenting. Um, Elise, uh, Morgan knows Elise at least, and. Um, she ferments and she had sauerkraut. She said, it smells kind of weird. Do you want to try it? And I went, sure! <laughs> Just like to forkful. Uh-huh. And it was fine. But... It was delicious. I loved it. Um, if I was a Harry Potter character, um, I, I, I kind of fall heavily into the Myers-Briggs tests. And the one that's an ENTP um, is either Sirius Black or the Weasley t- twins, one of the Weasley twins. <laughs> Definitely and the Weasley I twins. lean towards the Weasley twins. <laughs> I, I think that's an accurate statement. <laughs> I don't know, you, you're really not much of a prankster, though. Mm, true. I'm just, like, if you had a twin, you would definitely be even more mischievous, but you're, you're, you don't pull pranks. True. So I also, Sirius Black? I can see you also, like, I can see you protecting those... Like, who are your family? I'm, like, really chill with being Sirius Black. I can see you. Like, (laughs) your version of Sirius Black is, like, you go down the conspiracy hole. Oh, yeah. But he's, like, you know, trying to prove his innocence and is kind of crazy about it. Like, that's totally you. (laughs) You, And also, you would totally write off with a hippogriff. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Sirius Black. Black. There you go. (laughs) Okay, who's next? Uh, Okay, I can go next. So, yes, I'm a Slytherin, and... Uh, going with Kat's thing too, my Myers-Briggs, it actually does kind of line up with who I like the most Slytherin. <laughs> and yes, it's Tom Felton's fault, but I like Draco, and I think that Draco could have been redeemable. Sure. I mean, you know, we all have our own version of how uh, the Harry Potter universe can go, and obviously J.K. wrote him in a very specific way, mm-hmm. but like, let's think about it. He's just a kid. It is so easy to fall into peer pressure, and his parents are evil and want him to be evil. He just wanted his dad to love him. (sighs) And, like, freaking Dark Lord's living in his house. Like, that's gotta be hard. And he didn't want to kill Dumbledore. I mean, he failed, but, you know. He's just super angsty, that's all. He's an angsty, poor teenager, and I think that if I had been in the universe and dating Draco, he would have been okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> but only if Draco looked like Tom Felton. <laughs> also, you were an angsty teenager a little bit, so, so you know. <laughs> but on the inside, where it counted and nobody saw. And me and Morgan wouldn't have gotten along in our teenage years. No, because you were popular. Man. Popular. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who wants to go next? Um, I guess we'll continue with the circle. Um, <clears throat> so obviously we already said I'm Gryffindor. Um, Pottermore approved. Um, oh, yeah, that is. We're, are we all Pottermore approved? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the Harry Potter character that I picked was Luna Lovegood. Cute. Because, I mean, everyone kind of knows her as she's her own person and she's accepted that and she's floats to her own beat and I just don't think there's much to say about her because if you've seen the movies or read the books you just know how she is and that's kind of me sometimes um but my mom did say on the phone right before we started this that she thought I was Hermione and I was like mom everyone's Hermione and she goes no you're just Hermione because well you're a little bit nosy and a know-it-all oh but she <laughs> meant that in a good way apparently I was like thanks mom of wow of but she goes not a good way she, 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 yeah I was like that's not a good thing she, she goes no she goes that's how JK Rowling intended her to be and she was like and JK Rowling like um even said that that's how she was and she was like and so it's fine it's a good thing and I was like okay mom <laughs> I mean, she does know it all, but in a good way, not in the annoying. The thing is, she's know it all because she actually does know. Yeah, she actually it all. does know it all. So let's assume that that's how my mom meant it to be. And my mom just thinks that I really do. Just because you're a good researcher and, and you like knowledge. Yes, <laughs> but it was just funny because I was like, "What?" And she's like, "No, no, it's it's a good thing." And I was like, "Okay, mom." But mm-hmm. the ICU is like, we love it. Like I. She's cool. Like Luna I have Luna Lovegood's glasses that I like seriously wore like all throughout <laughs> sixth grade because I could. There you go. So okay. Well, Here's our Heather. Um I'm just gonna warn y'all in advance. I don't have much of a voice, so I'm, this is me trying to project. Um so ironically, I actually do relate to Hermione. Um mainly like well the first reason because when the movies came out I was about the right age mm-hmm. and I have really really big poofy frizzy curly hair and so as her hair evolved my hair evolved like at the same time and so I I automatically bond with anybody who has curly hair like it doesn't matter who you are I'm like curly hair like we're we're good to go but um she's kind of type a and I'm also type a I don't know just like the like she's so she's nerdy she does a lot of research she's been put on as a know-it-all and kind of nosy but I think that's just part of like she, her personality gets misconstrued mm-hmm. like she does not ever mean anything to come off bad or rude or stepping on people's toes but she's just very direct mm-hmm. and aggressive sometimes and so especially you know when she punches Draco sorry um uh but I, I just I kind of relate to that ironically though according to Pottermore I'm Slytherin. Now, every quiz I've ever taken, it always goes back and forth between Gryffindor and Slytherin. I could either be in one, but if, I guess, Pottermore kind of solidifies. Oh, Pottermore is the, the only one that matters. So, I, I'm Slytherin, and I, I finally accepted that that's a, it's not a bad house to be. No, it's not. The, I know. There's a very slight difference between Slytherin and Gryffindor, and I think two of the main ones is Gryffindors tend to be more extroverted. Tend to be. Yeah. And uh, they don't plan. Slytherin are introverted and they plan. And see, I, I really do. I, adventurous and brave. <laughs> and like, Slytherins can be adventurous, but we've yeah. also got how we're going to get to the adventure, how mm-hmm. we're going to get out of the adventure, what happens in a case of an emergency, and how to tell a million ways that our Gryffindor buddy is dumb. Me and yeah. Kat are just like, let's just do it! Yeah, Let's we just go! Yeah. And, and I actually yeah. do. I, I hardcore plan, like, I always prepare. Even when uh, Carson and I traveled and Carson was driving, I had already put, like, my emergency car kit in the trunk. Like, Yeah, I was just like, it's fine. Be, and I and I have printed out maps it. along with yeah. GPS, so... Carson scares me. Carson's driving should scare everybody. <laughs> Heather has um, gone on an adventure with me, which is essentially I barrel forward and she goes, "Wait, pictures!" Oh yeah, see, <laughs> so, you no, know, I'm in London for the first time ever, and she's just going and walking and leaving me behind, thinking it's good. She, you almost lost me in a freaking subway car train thing. 
Yeah. And thankfully, I, I had Wi-Fi for a brief second. She was like, get off of the next stop. And we were good. But, like, yeah, my little planner heart did totally, not like it. I was totally going to, like, jump between train cars if I needed to. It was going to be fine. But it was fun. Um, it was fun traveling with a Gryffindor. Um, <laughs> and we, we, we learned a lot from each other. You get into a lot more things, like going to a speakeasy. You just <laughs> you put a bell on her, and, like, that's, that's all you need. True. <laughs> we, got, we got good. We got a system. Yeah. We're fine now. But, yeah. Uh, like an actual down the block (laughs) so yeah i i i also really like green and black and all that kind of stuff so slytherin's cool i dig it i like gold you do gold silver and green oh i'm sorry (laughs) that's come on heather i'm new i'm new to the slytherin family excuse me also you're going to hear a couple clinks here and there and it's not because we have Bad audio because we have a brand new microphone given to us by Steve Chadley's stomach. Chadley. Chadley. Um, and I have a glass coffee table and glass glasses. And today um, we are having mimosas and murder is our kind of our theme. Yeah, because, you know, you need a little, you need something to take the edge off of murder. Yeah, <laughs> when it gets this dark, you know, you got to lighten it up. So, yeah, when you hear the clinks that it's just us. Sipping away on an alcohol. <laughs> also, between each murder, I'm going to tell a cute fact about an animal to palate cleanse. Yes. Okay. So, speaking of murder, who would like to start with? Some Mine's other? probably not as awful. I mean, it is awful. Like, murder's awful. But, like, I don't <laughs> I don't have a lot of graphic details. So, maybe we'll just start off easy. And yeah, we'll work yeah, our way to, like... with me. Yeah. So, um... This is actually a new type of research, and I really hope no one ever looks at my computer history, because it's going to be really weird. Oh, yeah, it gets dark. So I, for my murder or murderer, I chose Axeman of New Orleans, which some of you may know because uh, you're from New Orleans, or you watched American Horror Story, I think it was Coven, Coven uh, season, um, and they, they actually referenced him, and actually, if you watch the originals, which is a vampire uh, show off of CW, they reference the Axeman a lot as well. Um, yeah. Pop culture reference. Okay. But, um, he actually was a real American uh, serial killer in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, he got his name because he would kill people either with a straight razor or an axe. Um, first of all, he was never caught. Um, and he killed unsolved murders and he killed about 12 people. Mm-hmm. That's a lot, and not to get caught. And also, just reference, this happened um, between May 1918 and October 1919. So he's not just a murderer. He is a serial killer. Yeah, a serial killer. Like, just awful. Um, and what he would do, like, and, and a lot of people don't really know why he killed who he killed. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot, you know, Actually, there's apparently a lot of shows, like True Crime Murders, mm-hmm. And stuff like that that try and like speculate why he did what he did or who it could possibly be. Um, the only thing that was like I don't know I don't know the word um, similarities mm-hmm. between most of them, but not all, were that they were Italian American immigrants. Mm-hmm. So some people speculated that was the mafia or like Racist. it was like or you know a race <laughs> killing. Um, and then but they also were primarily female. So someone thinks that maybe it was, like, a sexual murder, and that if men were murdered, the only reason they were murdered is because they, like, were interrupting the female murder. They, were they got in the way. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Um, and I, I don't have a lot of details, like, of, like, how he exactly did it, other than that he used a straight razor and He just in the back doors. Yeah, so he would, and so that's another thing, that's why they know that so he wasn't just, like, a burglary. It wasn't breaking, it, well, it was breaking entering, but it wasn't, like, burglary. He didn't pick any locks. He wasn't gonna waste time on it. No, like he handle. like he literally <laughs> just like chipped away at the front door so that he could just get in, but he wouldn't steal anything. Which is he'd murder terrifying. and leave. Um, terrifying. Oh my yeah. god. I have a wooden door with a glass at the top and I ah. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, so okay. just pop the glass and then open the door. Yeah. And, Sorry, not to freak yeah. you out or I know. I'm very well aware of this. <laughs> it's it's so, tape on the glass pane and then break it and it ends the sound. I have a feeling you guys are planning to sneak into my house in the middle of the night now. You have a bed knife. I'm not sneaking in bed knife. <laughs> ever. That's why we announce who we are well, at the Give her a couple in. of ambience, she won't wake up. I don't trust that. Mm. So question about your guys. A couple, like five. <laughs> So, um, real quick before we get to the discussion part, uh, because this is going to be like our brief introduction to murder, um, 
So what I actually, I, I don't like, I don't endorse any murderers, like don't do that, but what I find interesting about him is that uh, the big thing about him is that he wrote a letter from hell saying, I'm going to murder on this day at this time, unless you are playing jazz music, which I'm kind of like, was he a jazz musician trying to get like the jazz band, jazz oh, yeah, musicians like a job that night, you know, like that's, that's a good gig, because all the houses were playing it, and if you weren't, that, you know, that means you were to invite him, and that's actually like part of the American Horror Story version, is that they purposely didn't play jazz music to like entice him in, but um, according to like the records and everything, that night, New Orleans was blasting jazz out, there wasn't a single place Which that didn't have it. Which sounds Which like sounds New Orleans. Like New Orleans every day. <laughs> <laughs> but I think during the time period, it may not have been as normalized. Also, as not in the tourist section. Like generally, when we go to New Orleans, it's like French Quarter kind of stuff. Only area, but this yeah. is like all of New Orleans. Hmm. Um, and so there wasn't a single murder that night. Although at the same time, like he just he just kind of stopped. He was never caught. We don't know if he died. There's been speculation that he was killed in L.A. Um, cause, uh, by speculating it's like this one person um, but I'm kind of curious I want to know if maybe he was like killed and the person who killed him put in the letter to like make everybody play jazz knowing that they would be so scared like he was already dead so there definitely wasn't you know what I mean there wasn't going to be any murders yeah. I don't know but also I don't know if this is true but one person who was like really pissed off at this guy like the audacity of like whatever uh, of being a murderer um he wrote in the newspaper saying, um, I, I don't care who you are, come come to my house and see, see what happens, but uh, I'll leave the door unlocked so that you don't ruin my front door. Because <laughs> if you want to chisel it. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know if that's true, but I'm like, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of ballsy. He says, try me. Okay, so, you had a question. Oh, yeah. Um, so I knew you were talking about, like, kind of the MO of the victims. Is there, like, a certain age? Because I knew you said some were male and some were um, female, but I was wondering if there were, like, were they all, like, kind of... Like early twenties, thirties, elderly. That's a good question. Um, it's okay if you don't. Know. I was just wondering because, but like I, no kids, right? <coughs> I, no kids. No kids. Okay. Oh, That's oh well. Mm. Oh. Damn, you had to ask that question. Uh, no, one of the victims was eight months pregnant, oh. and she was twenty-eight years old. But did uh, no? I remember that she actually gave birth to that kid after getting axed in the head, because I remember reading about this and being like, that lady is boss. Okay, so... <laughs> no way. Did she die later? I think so. Uh, Maybe no, uh, still, still two-year-old. Oh, so we have a mixture of ages here. So I think... That's, I think that's if, so weird if he for killed, a serial killer. Because for a sexual serial killer. Yeah, because normally they, like, pick... They that's have to if he was a sexual... We don't yeah. exactly know what kind of serial killer it was, because there's too many... There's too much speculation. Maybe yeah. he was actually a demon. From hell. <laughs> he might have actually been from hell. Um, where, you know, I mean, of course, as you know, that's where jazz comes from. So, like, that's why he wanted jazz oh, music. Totally. You know, you know. <laughs> yes. um, music. So, oh, I just, I, I, I really only liked this because of the jazz feature um, so. and New Orleans. I don't condone Interesting, any kind of murder. That's really cool. So. Hmm. Yeah. Who's next? Sweet, sweet, also, sweet, disclaimer, sweet. when oh. I say things like, wow, that's really interesting, or cool, like, I totally don't mean that, like... <laughs> I, I think that, they get that we're okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know, I, I just think feel, interesting is okay. I think interesting yeah. is okay. I just always feel bad, like, when I say things like that, because, like, that's it's my area of study. Yeah, yeah, that's what you study. And then I say that, and people just give me the worst looks, and I'm like, no, I don't... We have discussed some pretty gross things at a Starbucks before. Yeah, I don't oh, mean... <laughs> if we don't have people like you, then we don't have, like, criminologists. True. Yeah. And we don't have people to psychoanalyze murder and figure out why yeah. they're murdering. Yeah. And like, actually, actually, a lot of people care about the why. Yeah, yeah. it's important well, to know like, why so you can prevent it in the future. Preventative and just understanding, and, and Carson's actually really good about, like, getting into the cracks and, like, really, okay, like, what happened to make this, like, yeah. what was the watershed moment? Because, um, I think that maybe we've discussed this before, but criminality is a sign of a lack of something in our society. Mm-hmm. So, really, if you're trying to prevent... Because what we want, ideally want to do is prevent people from, you know, killing other people. Yeah. Um, and that's why I look... And exactly what you said. That's why I look at the sociology side of it. Because um, I personally found... when If I look at the psychology side and, like, the the micro of the why of the individual, like, why that one person did it, it'll drive me insane. Mm-hmm. Because it's... I almost You'll almost never find, like... a a satisfying answer, mm-hmm. but if you look at it as a whole, like a macro of the, the society, it's, I don't know. Anyways, I digress. 
Um, cute animal cute fat. Animal fat. <laughs> so um, otters hold hands when they sleep, so they don't flo- float away from each other. <laughs> like Everybody knows okay, that. But it's cute. It's a cute one. It's, I it's have cute. A, I have a different one. Okay. I guarantee you not everybody knows. Okay. Wombats have square poop. <laughs> Adorable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First off, is it cute? Is it? Wombats are cute, but is there poop? It's quirky. Okay. I'll give it to you. <laughs> cute, what quirky. About this one? By the way, Norway once knighted a penguin. Okay, that's a cute. That's pretty cute. cute. That okay, is pretty there's cute. There's a sir penguin out there. Okay. Uh, who's murders next? <laughs> Do you want mine to go next? Penguin. Because mine is also unsolved? Sure. <laughs> do, do, do. Okay, so the way that mm. I picked mine was I had this memory. Because <coughs> I figured it's our first uh, murder podcast. We're probably going to round back around to this topic. But I specifically remember when I first started getting into the idea of murders and horror. I was maybe young teen. I was at a Books A Million, and I saw a book on the shelf. And I wanted it so bad, and my mom said no. And she never said no to a book, so I knew it was something interesting, so I went home and researched it. (laughs) And and so, the murder that I am doing is an unsolved murder that is best known as the Black Dahlia murder. So, okay. So, let's just imagine for a second that you are on a walk with your kid, you know, three-year-old... Dog. And your, or your dog, you know. But this is, for the sake of the story, three-year-old child, and you're walking around and you see something on the side of the road, and you think, oh, that's weird, a mannequin. And you walk up to it with your three-year-old daughter, mm. and it is not a mannequin. It is a dead woman. And so you run and you telephone the police. This happened. So the local resident, um, Betty Bersinger, um was out walking with her three-year-old daughter, and she found the body. And so, because this is an unsolved murder, and I can't just tell you about the murderer, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Elizabeth Short. Um, So she was 22, very, very young. um, And she wanted to be an actress. She was living in Hollywood. Um, She was born in Boston, Massachusetts, had a bunch of sisters. Um, They moved to Portland, Maine, and then back to Medford, which is a Boston suburb, and she was raised, she had severe asthma attacks, so she had lung surgery, and um, then they said, hey, you know what would be really bomb is if you took her where she could breathe like warm air and stuff, and so they did, they moved to Florida, and she really, really wanted to be an actress, and so moved out to Hollywood. Um, There are reports that she talked about a, a... boyfriend or a beau of hers that died tragically, and so she was commonly seen in the company of other men, which, Mm -hmm. you know, frankly, reading about her, me and her could have been friends. Like, she was a little bit on the rambunctious side, I'll say, but, like, girl knew how to party. So, like, it would have been fun, and she was bright and apparently uh, intelligent. So, basically, when they found her, um, she was, uh, she'd been cut in, cut in half, uh, yeah. expertly, apparently, um, so it's someone who knew what they were doing, they, she'd been drained of blood, so there wasn't blood at the scene of the body, so they knew she had died been and moved. been drained somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, she had three-inch gashes on either side of her mouth, creating the clown-esque smile, um, so uh, when they discovered the body, of course, the reporters honed in. And we're like, yes, murder! And, um, because that sells papers, and it kind of ruined the crime scene. Oh, um, okay. So, but the detectives were able to find <coughs> and take a bunch of photos, and, uh, they found a heel print and a cement sack that had watered blood. You know, as you do. Um, so, the, this was, it's an unsolved murder. So, you know, we don't really know what happened. But you have things like people, um, people would call on the phone and say, I'm the murderer! And, um, so, and they weren't. So, which false was False leads everywhere. Yeah, false leads everywhere. Um, and so they, they found some people that they found, they thought might be suspicious, and they talked to the men she had been going on, like, dinners with and whatnot, and they found some fingerprints, but everything's kind of shoddy. Um... So apparently, 750 investigators from the LAPD and other departments 
worked on the initial stages, um, which I wrote down that number because I thought that it was pretty impressive. But, um, okay, so didn't find the murder, really depressing. Look it up, it's fascinating and frustrating. So in early 2013, um, the Black Dahlia case came back up because there was someone who claimed that his dad was the murderer. Yep. <laughs> so was it another false lead? It's iffy because they can't really. It's 2013. It's you know almost that would be almost 60 years later. Oh. I think because this is 47, 2013. Um, so there's this Steve Hodel who is an author. Um, had a police dog that went around and uh, was sniffing for decomposing flesh and found some in the yard. And his dad was shifty. Um, Dr. George Hill Holdel. Um, so basically people did some searches um, and they saw some, or they detected the scent of human decomposition in the basement mm. um, and soil samples <laughs> and blah blah blah, but there you can't prove it. Um, all you have is sort of circumstantial evidence or like he said, she said kind of stuff. And so apparently um, his son uh, heard a recording where the doctor said, Supposing I did kill Black Dahlia, they can't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary because she's dead. Cough. Which, he's a scumbag man at the very least. Yeah. So, you know. So that's like, the interesting. Wouldn't you even just say, like, why would you even say that? Wouldn't you just say, like, no, I just didn't do it? Like, yeah, <laughs> unless. I, I that's that's really creepy. I know I've seen a lot of like popular culture references yeah. of the murder, and they always make her out to be this um, super. What is the word? So like an obviously an inspiring actress, actress or whatever, but like like desperate, like willing to do anything yeah. to get that role, and especially when it comes like sexual. Yeah, there natures. was okay. There was a lot of talk about her. Being a loose woman. Um, because people were talking about her. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you don't want to speak ill of the dead, but they're going to say some nasty things. And she was a woman that liked dating. And that's... I'm not... So, uh, yeah, I'm like, I think... Yeah. I don't think it's that. But I know in a lot of the, like... There's actually, like, a movie... Yeah. Uh, surrounded by that. And it's... Really bad it's so bad. It's so bad. Um, and I generally like any kind of movie, but they that's what they did. Like, yeah, like she was... made her out to be. Well, like forced to do kind of like a like a porno in order to become a star and that's yeah. like how she got wrapped up in this bad situation and even uh american horror story references her yeah. in the first season yeah uh, she's and she's still having a little problem taken care of yes yeah. because of the her sexual nature and but also like in in the show like she's trying to distract people by that way but you can tell like she doesn't really want to and they always like paint her up that way and yeah. i just i don't know and you know the in a lot of stories, she is a very, um, she wanted to be famous, which a lot of people do. Um, you know, and she <coughs> had this sort of, I guess, party lifestyle, mm -hmm. but I don't know, there's a part of me that thinks that that's just another trying to justify her death and yeah. make, or try to make it more, I guess, Hollywood friendly, you know? I learned an odd fact today, mm -hmm. made me think of it, because you said take care of a little problem, like... Two generations before us, they when they were younger, they wouldn't say the word pregnant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hmm. they would be like PG. Diana's telling me she's like, yeah, no, we wouldn't say pregnant. We say PG. I'm like, what's wrong with pregnant? I guess it's kind of like one of those things that you say. She disappeared because she's. Yeah, but I say someone whispered it at lunch today, and I was like, "What is going on?" Well, even then, they they would just be like, "Oh, she's gone off to her like her aunts for the summer or something," you know, like yeah, yeah. yeah. she would go specialty school nine months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but that's still actually kind of a thing here. Like in my in my little small town, uh, yeah, a lot of people, uh, some some girls got pregnant, and they would go to the town over to finish mm -hmm. school. I would say that that's not a small town thing, though, because I didn't no. graduated with two pregnant girls. Southern United States. <laughs> I was just yeah. saying, even in my small town, that still is happening. Oh, yeah, I know, but I was just saying, just for a dinner, it's not a small town thing. Yeah. yeah. Before we move on to the next murder, um, you should look up the Black Dahlia, uh, or Elizabeth Short, because she was beautiful. Like, if you look up Mrs. Yeah, she was. She, yeah. Uh, I want to be friends with her. She could set my hair. We could talk about boys. No, you'd probably get murdered with her. Yeah, nah. Cat. 
had friends. I'm not that. saying that she doesn't deserve friendship, but you might have gotten murdered with her. But, <laughs> point of the story, she was gorgeous. Yes. Or murdered instead of her. <gasps> da, 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 they have a thing for girls with black hair. Oh, no! I'm going to start dyeing my hair red again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, my second fun fact about animals is goats have accents. Fun fact, Will do too. Goats have accents? Will do too. Accents? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just imagining a whale go, like with a French accent. Like, it's just happening. <laughs> they, <laughs> I was thinking, what was Orca? I guess I guess accents is the wrong word. Whales actually have different languages, but yeah. accents, dialects. Yeah. No, no languages, straight happening. up like okay. languages. Okay. That makes sense. Slang, you know, slang. Yeah, because if they take whales like from the wild and put them together, um, they the reason they fight so much is because they can't understand each other. Oh, that's crazy. And you know, different language species of whales talk differently. Yeah? yeah, so it makes sense. Okay, whale freak. Okay, we're gonna have to whale fight. Whale fact. Okay. Do you want to go next or me? I think we're both in the same boat of a second disclaimer here. Um, it, it gets really rough from here on out, guys. <laughs> Which one's worse? I don't care either. Um, okay, I can go next. Because Carson's got a doozy. Okay. So this one is actually really close to my hometown. Um, and it's in a little town called Emory, which is about less than an hour from where I lived. Um, and it's the murder. Uh, the murder. Her name is Erin Caffey, and she was 16 years old when this wow. happened. Murderer. She's the yeah. She's the murderer. Oh man. Um, and her and her boyfriend Charlie Wilkinson. He was 18, and two other of their friends, who was also 18 and 20, the four of them got together and murdered Erin's family. Wow. So. Um, Let's see, the dad, Terry, actually ended up living, but basically what happened, so Erin was like the pianist for their church in, in Emory, uh, she sang in the choir, she was like a really good kid, she was homeschooled, um, you know, it was a good family, she worked at like the burger joint right downtown that like, I used to go to that place all the time, so, you know, everyone knew this family, and then her parents didn't like the fact that she was dating this older boy, and she got pissed about it. And apparently, she got together with her boyfriend, they got together with these two of their friends, and they decided that she was going to kill their family. <coughs> and, Which one was the boyfriend? Uh, Charlie Sorry. was the boyfriend, and like I said, Aaron's the girlfriend, and I don't... And apparently, Charlie promised his friend Charles, like, $2,000 if he would help him do it, and Charles was going to get a divorce to his wife. Ugh, um, okay. To help... That's, Everything is awful. Is that, and that's how Charles got in on, in on it, and I'm not really sure how Bobby, the... This another girl got in on. Apparently, she stood outside the whole time and held the dogs so the dogs wouldn't um, like attack them while they were doing Bobbies. this. But so, like, was she a friend of the family? If the dogs knew her, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how Bobby really got wrapped in on all that. Um, I just knew she stood outside the whole time. So yeah. So the parents say you can't date them. You know, Bobby's like, I mean, um, Aaron's like, okay, let's kill them. So sure enough, one night, um, Bobby stands outside with the dogs, and Aaron and Charlie go inside. And they shoot the mom and the dad several, several times. Um, and then they stab them with samurai swords. And then they kill the two samurai brothers. Swords? Yeah, they had giant samurai why swords. Why was they? Mm, why did they have samurai swords? Because know. white people like them as decoration. But those are dull. And like, I can it, say that because I'm a white person. <laughs> it takes a lot of. They're dull, so you would suspect it would take a lot of force to. I don't even know where they. Yeah. So they Texas. shoot him and stab him. <laughs> not, not just. Texas. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, Texas did didn't they just pass? Yeah, they just passed a lot. Open, open sword. Open carry really? sword. Which I'm really excited to have like a pirate like, running. I don't like, think it says. It doesn't say sword. It says like knife up to however many inches, but like but the amount of inches is basically a, a sword. Because yeah. swords are just large knives. Okay. Or knives or small swords, you know. <laughs> Moving <magic>. on. <laughs> um, so then they kill the two little brothers. Oh. 13 and 8. No. With God. the swords. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Um, and so then, surprisingly, the dad doesn't die. They don't know this. They don't know the dad's still alive. And they set the house on fire. Um, and then they leave. And they let the dogs run loose down the street. Mm. Um, so Terry, I mean, uh, the dogs. they didn't kill the dog. True. Right? <laughs> how, how can you... The kids and not the dogs. You know, like, keep them both alive. Kids. All right. So they set the house on fire, and they all four of them get in the car and drive away, and they go back to the boyfriend Charlie's house, and they smoke some weed and whatever. Um, so Terry, the dad, manages to crawl out of the house 
and you know um they were actually only got away for about three hours because it was a sloppy yeah you know i mean it was pretty obvious you know aaron wasn't at the house everyone else was dead didn't take him long to find her um but apparently when she got when the police arrived at charlie's house you know aaron immediately said no he just kidnapped me um, and she tried wow. to like flip on him, yeah. But yeah, the other three, Aaron, um, I mean Charlie, Bobby, and Charles, all three flipped on her and was like, "Dude, this is all her idea." Like, Ugh. and it was pretty, and it was obvious from the get go, like that she was the ringleader, yeah, behind all of it. And then it came out later that her ex boyfriend before Charlie, um, I don't remember his name, might have been Marcus, something with an M, um, said that she had pitched the idea to him as well, and he broke up with her because he was like. Oh, you're being serious. And that's that is a smart decision, is to be like, no. Yeah, let's not do that. No. That's crazy. Um, so it really was never about the fact that she couldn't date this person. She just wanted to murder. Yeah, it was. it's pretty crazy. Um, and so that's the crime itself. But what gets even creepier is um, is my aunt worked in the jail that she, that Aaron Kathy was sentenced to. Um, so Aaron got two consecutive life sentences plus another 25 years on top of that. So, you know, she's not getting out. Um, and my aunt worked there a long time. She worked with tons and tons of people. She even worked with a guy who killed his grandma by smashing her head with oh, a TV. Oh. So, like, my, my aunt worked with tons of people, like, and wasn't really shaken oh, by a lot of people, you know? Oh. Uh, but my aunt said Aaron was the one person that, like, genuinely terrified her. Oh, she wow. said that, like, Aaron Kathy, to her, defines <coughs> true evil. Um, she said, and like, when I was talking to her on the phone about it um, a little bit ago, she said she gets chills just thinking about it because um, she was like genuinely afraid of her. Um, is it because like did she obviously no remorse and stuff like that? Like, is, was that it one of the reasons? Shark, and because of how young she was, she said like going into it when she obviously she knew of like Aaron's family, mm-hmm. um, and she knew Aaron was going to come into the prison, whatever. And she said before she even saw Aaron, she wanted to feel sorry for her. Because she wanted to think, um, like, you know, she just, she made an awful mistake. You know, she, she, she was just so in love with this boy and she just did something terrible with it, you know? Um, and my aunt's like a really sympathetic person. (coughs) She's a lot like me and tries to see like the good in everybody. My aunt has a saying where she's like, you know, I think we're all just one really bad mistake away from like everyone else, like all the people, like the inmates and stuff in prison. Oh, Um, so, you know, so she tries to. You know, um, but she said that there was just darkness in this girl's mm. eyes. That it would just it terrified her. Um, but she said then it would be weird though because there would be days like you would. She said when she first met her, you know, she walks in the cell and she said, she said, I kid you not. She goes, it's gonna sound like I'm being like, exaggerating. She's like, but I felt like a chill down my spine the first time I met her. Well, she's yeah. and I, she was like, and I couldn't explain it any other way than that. She was like, it was yeah. just pure evil. And I was like, wow. But then she said she'd read her mail to her cousins, and it was, she'd be, like, talking about Disney Channel and High School Musical, and she was just, like, the weirdest the contradiction of a person. You know, I don't know person. if you <coughs> said this or not. Was she try it as an adult? <coughs> I don't <coughs> actually know. I mean, surely, probably, if she got life, two life sentences, I bet she so, would. But she went to, like, regular jail, not juvie or anything mm-hmm. like that? Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah, she probably was. Yeah. Man. So she'll stay out the rest of her life in jail. But, yeah, that happened, like... I mean, right, I mean, I was in high school when, oh, I was just about to enter in high school because this happened in 2008, and so, mm-hmm. oh wow, this, oh. yeah, it was pretty crazy. She's on the Murderpedia, the Encyclopedia of Murder. <laughs> is that her? Murderpedia is Yep, um, that is Erin. Let me see. Creepy. Yeah. We'll have to post that picture up. Yeah, and her, and her dad um, goes and visits her at least once a week, um, or he used to, I don't know if he still does. Like, why? Because he said that he has to forgive her. He, he said he forgave her because he has to. He said he lost his whole family and that he couldn't bear to lose her, too. He already... Yeah. Okay, I mean, good for him. If that's I how it, If that's how he is processing it, that's, like, totally his thing, but yeah. I... You'd be dead to me. I, I couldn't forgive I'd be her, done. but, you know... Especially with the babies? Mm-mm. Yep. So... That is insane. Yeah, my aunt also said that she didn't talk a lot. <laughs> um, she would just smile, and it made my aunt very uncomfortable. <laughs> she would just smile all the time. It's like, ah... So, yeah, and that is the story of Aaron Cappy. Uh, man. Animal fact. Animal fact. Okay. <laughs> um, so, how about this one? Cows have best friends, and they're upset when they're apart. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I feel you, cows. Cow I get it. That's cute. Cows have best friends. Look at it. Yeah, cows. 
Okay, uh-huh. my, my best friend in high school had a cow for 4-H and her dad was like, well, time to make burgers. And she's like, no, you can't eat the cow. So, like, they kept the cow. And after, <laughs> I mean, <Aww>. me. <laughs> she was a very cute cow. Okay, so I'm just going to throw in another disclaimer there. So mine involves nothing but children. So mm-hmm. it, it's pretty awful. Like, really, really awful. So if you need to tune out now, this is a good time, too. That is your warning. <laughs> that is your warning. Um, so this is by no way... I don't know if we preface this or know that it is not my favorite murder. murder no way, Mm-mm. no how. But, like, my family used to live in Brownsville. Nowhere near the, the time that these happened. But, uh... So, I, I don't know. It just made me want to look into it. And I think it's a really good example of how it's really hard to try somebody that we think has a mental illness and whether or not they should be held accountable for their actions or if it's all part of their brain problem. Uh And also, I think how religion plays a part in mental illness. So that's just my thing. So I got all of my information today from the author, uh, Laura Tillman, and her book, The Long Shadow of Small Ghosts, Murder and Memory in an American City. Just to preface that, because I got all the information from her and not online. So, in March 2003, John Allen Rubio killed his three children, Julissa, Mary Jane, and John Stephen, with his common-law wife, Maria Angela Camacho. And I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go into it, and it's really bad. So, it sort of started with, like, his paranoia. They were, like, on a bus somewhere, and they saw this lady with, like, scratches on her forehead, and... Uh, Rubio was, like, telling his kids, you know, don't look at her, don't let her look in your eye, she has the mark of the beast. And it was yeah. like, that's sort of, that's a strange red flag. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, that's kind of a first sign of paranoia. And he had drug problems, and the book said that he, like, he would, words, he was, like, a male prostitute sometimes to get extra money. And so... Huh? Sex worker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that the better? That's the better term. Okay. <laughs> he was a sex worker. Um, so, just, yeah. So, after the, the lady, the incident with the woman, they went home and they they did this ritual. Um, and, of course, now I have my autocorrect changed the word because it's stupid. <laughs> Anyways, it's a... It's an egg thing that they do and they, they sweep across their, their youngest... Yeah, their youngest daughter, oh, Julissa. Yeah. I've heard of this. They pass the egg over the body and crack it open in a glass. And they said that the way the yolk floated told them that um, evil had been done to her. Yeah. Which is totally wrong. Like, this, that's not how this ritual works. It is um, maybe a Spanish-Mexican <coughs> ritual. And it's supposed to... Um, let's say it, it doesn't diagnose... The problem, like it's not going to tell you if evil is done to her. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm not going. I'm not gonna, I thought it was supposed to yeah, draw is, the spirit more, out. It that's not the same one. Oh, it's the spirit like, one. Okay, I'm sure that it involves a couple of different things. They but, do something um, similar for changelings. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I did read about what it was actually supposed to do, and I don't remember. But that's okay. Anyways, what they did, like, is not going to tell you that she's possessed or something like that. So, like, fast forward to the next, through the evening and into the ex- next morning, um, Rubio kills his kids' hamsters, like, with a hammer. Ah! And, yeah. And, but then he nails the back door shut of their apartment. Okay. He says that his daughter started talking like his grandmother, who had passed away, Julissa, the daughter. She would start to laugh in an evil way and started making growling noises at him. And then the other two kids started doing the same. Which, I'm just going to say in context, like, if your kid is probably growling at you and the other two start, start it, like, the kids. Kids do weird yeah, things. They, they, they think it's funny. Yeah, they think it's funny that you're freaking out a little bit. Like, <coughs> or it's possible if you're paranoid that it, it's possible it didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. It could have gone two oh, ways. Oh, yeah, yeah, two ways. Definitely. So, um, Rubio, in his written confession, he really places a lot of the blame on Angela for what happens. And Angela sort of vice versa. He says that Angela got the knives and told Rubio that she'd rather kill the children than have them be evil. Evil. And the book had both of their versions, but I'm kind of going with Rubio's version. So Angela, this is his version of what happened, is that Angela told him to go ahead and kill the children. She grabbed two knives from the kitchen, and then he picked up Julissa 
and she was still talking like his grandmother and growling at him. She, he says that she was strong and felt like she could manipulate his mind. Uh, he tried pouring spring water on her and she started to shake and was yelling, you're killing me, you're killing me. Um, he placed her on the ground and the wife held her down. And Rubio started to choke her because his wife told him that she'd go with them die to be evil. The wife handed oh him a knife. God. Yeah, it's awful. And while holding Julissa face down, he started to stab her in the back of the neck. Hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's hard. Um, he stabbed her multiple times. And in his version of events, he decapitated all three children because mm. they seemed to rise and revive after being choked and stabbed. Mm. So he thought he had killed her, and then she started to get up and was yelling, you know, Mom, please tell Dad to stop. And I really, I, I kind of think this is in his mind because a little girl being stabbed, I don't think she's going to get back up. He decapitated her with a machete, and mm. she stopped moving. Rubio said that Julissa's lips continued to move after, and um, after she finally died, he said that his other daughter, Mary Jane, was looking at him. So he grabbed her and started choking her, but she would not die, and so he kept saying it was very hard because Mary Jane was his own blood. Um, he kept trying to choke her and she wouldn't die, so he stabbed her as well in the back of the head. She kept moving like she was coming back to life. And this, oh, I hate this part. Um, he tried to cut her head off with a regular kitchen knife, oh, but it wasn't cutting through. Oh. And here's another thing for his kind of crazy. He was looking for the machete, but he thinks the witches took it. He ripped her head off with his bare hands. Oh ah. my gosh. The wife started crying and was saying, please not my daughter. And then it kind of reverses, and he told her they had to kill them because there was evil inside of them. Please tell me he rots in jail forever. Oh, he doesn't. I got, I, I, I got their sentences. Sorry, I'm thing. jumping ahead, but... I know. So they took the girls' bodies and put them in trash bags and started cleaning up the apartment. Rubio told Angela that they were probably going to jail so that they should make love one last time. Uh. Uh, um, Rubio said that they had sex before killing... John Stephen, their son, then corrected himself and said it was after. He believed that the one-year-old was also possessed, so John Stephen was one, hmm. and that he needed Maybe. to be killed. Uh, Angela said that she fought Rubio this time, but later admitted that she held John Stephen as Rubio killed him the same way as the <laughs> other two. God. And again, part that there's something wrong there. Rubio said he saw John Stephen's head try to suck blood out of his own severed neck. So he placed the head in a bucket of water. So are they having like a father ado kind of thing, or a what? Uh, it's like the craziness of two people. Like if one person's crazy, that and you spend a lot of time with them, the other person's like, yeah. I'm not sure what the deal with Angela was. I so, think I think there's something is really mentally wrong with uh, Rubio him, for sure. Yeah. But yes, so he tried to plead not guilty <coughs> by reason of insanity, and he lost and was sentenced. So he had he got the death sentence. Mm -hmm. He won an appeal and had a second trial seven years later. What did he win an appeal? I don't know. God. But he was convicted again and given the death penalty again. Um, the wife, uh, Maria Angela, was also convicted for her part in the murders and sentenced to serve three concurrent life sentences and was el and will be eligible for parole in 2045. Uh, wow. This um, all happened in an apartment building. And oh god! So how like, did no one hear that? Neighbors. Yeah, seriously. So like, what? Ha I don't know about the neighbors. Their their apartment was gross. Like, I think his mother lived with them. I think that was one of the people that came by later. And so over the course of like the three days before this, people were coming by, like their friends and their mom, and you know, and it was like, oh, can we see the kids? And they kept saying like, no, the kids are sick. And so like nobody was really getting a lot of access to their apartment before this happened. And they all said the apartment was normally in a state of, like, um, un it was unclean. But, like, the people came by, the, the after the murders, like, two of their friends came by, and it was like, oh, well, we're just picking up something, and they wanted to go see the kids, and they walked in the room, and, like, John Stevens' body was lying on the bed, and one of their friends went over and touched it and, like, realized, like, this is a real body. 
they thought maybe it was a doll or something. Oh. And, like, they, they went down the block. <coughs> they left and went down the block and uh, found a police car and flagged him down. And that's oh. how they got found. They took the policeman up there. And it, he was just so... Like, he, he admitted to what happened. And he's just, like, saying that the spirits were talking to him, saying that he was going to go to jail. So he didn't try to run away or anything like that. Oh. So I, I think it really... Like, obviously, he has something wrong. He has a mental illness. Yeah. But does that mean he should have gotten off on insanity? I... I don't think you really get off on insanity, the thing is. You're still... Well, yeah, because you're, you're still going to, like... Some yeah. kind of... But he wouldn't have gotten the death sentence. Yeah, and... Okay, I'm not going to get political, but you guys have heard me and my dad's feel, so... Yeah. Um, but this this reporter... So this reporter wrote this book because she went to the hotel. It was condemned after the murders. Mm-hmm. And they were voting in the town whether they were going to knock it down or not. So she went to go do another piece on the apartment, doing videos, stuff like that, when she started corresponding with him in, in prison. And he asked her for a manga... He wanted Rosary Vampire uh. to read. <laughs> and so, like, it's really, it's it's odd. Like, he talks to her like everything is sort of fine. And that he misses his kids, but doesn't regret it because they re- he didn't want is them to be medicated? evil. Is he not medicated? Do they not? I don't know. Hmm. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, animal fact. Animal Ooh. fact, animal um, fact. Okay, if you shave a guinea pig, it looks like a hippo. Why would you shave a guinea pig? Why would you shave a guinea Maybe pig? Maybe it's hairless. Okay, I'll try a different one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tiny hippo in your hands. Dude, cute. What, where was the hedgehog one? That one was cute. Oh, the um, group of hedgehogs is called Prickle. That is adorable. <laughs> it's a prickle. And um, then there was one about pugs that was a uh, group of pugs is a grumble. A grumble. A grumble. I want they a grumble look so pugs. grumpy. <laughs> oh, okay. that's awesome. <laughs> okay, so bring us out, Harrison. Guys, well, thank y'all so much. I hope we didn't um, freak you guys out too much. And, um, I'm not going to sleep. No, it's good. <laughs> I hope y'all come back and join us um, in two weeks. Um, remember to check us out on our Instagram and Facebook at the Possibly Haunted Podcast. Our Twitter is Possibly Haunted Pod. And our email is Possibly Haunted Podcast at gmail.com. Please email us suggestions or stories or fun things for us definitely yeah for sure we'll definitely check them out and hope y'all have a great week or two and just remember listeners you could be possibly haunted okay now i want to cry (laughs) yeah